podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Nina Kauser Show. Um, thank you for joining us. We're all trying to catch our breath. Um, we're going to be talking about our reactions and our thoughts uh, against, you know, that, oh my God, that intense game. It finished Liverpool 2, Arsenal 2. Plenty of talking points. So much to talk about. And um, some heart and desire from the rest, which was what maybe we were hoping and anticipating and you know what? It was a reaction. I'm happy with that. And um, joining me on this podcast, I have two incredible guests. So let's bring them in. First up, I have got Tom James. Tom, welcome back. Yeah, thank you for having me. No, no, no. It's, it's an absolute pleasure having you back on, Tom. It has been a while. And joining Tom on the podcast, um, it's it's a familiar voice again on, on, on Anfield Index and the Nina Kauser show. I love having him on this pod. He almost bailed on me at half time, but I'm glad to have him on. It's Kaelon. Kaelon, welcome back. Thank you so much, Nina. It's, uh, it's absolutely lovely to speak to you again. Thanks for having me. No, no, no. The pleasure's all mine speaking to you too. Right, guys. Um, there's, and also, um, thank you for everyone that's joining us live on Discord as well. If anyone wants to call in or got a question, shoot it through and we'll definitely talk talk about um, uh, answer your question or we'll get you on as well so guys let's talk about this I'm going to come to you first Tom Tom how do you like we, we have a chat um, before the pod but how do you feel about that I mean like a bit of heart and a bit of desire and a bit of willingness to wanting to play a game of football yeah which is all we've really been asking for right because we've seen at moments this season when that heart, the desire, the intensity, when it's all there, we look like Liverpool and we've got results. We've beat Man United 7-0, we've beat Manchester City 1-0 at home. So when you see that and you see that second half, the end of the first half, I think that's almost, it's great to see, but by the same token, it's so frustrating because that's literally the difference this year is whether that, when that's there and when it's not there. Absolutely. Um, I'll come to Kay now. Kay, I mean, how do you feel for that? Because I think all that insanity, I think you were tweeting as well. Everyone was tweeting that, you know, like, we are so fed up of this. We just want a reaction. We just want something. We want something different. And I think the key fundamental ingredient to anything is, you know what, you just sometimes have to be up for it. You can be the best players and we've had them. But if there's no desire, there's nothing. It's just, it was so, you know, I... Nins, I understand a lot of sides of a lot of debates. I mean, I, on Twitter, I follow a lot of people that, you know, on both sides of this thing about how to react to Liverpool's current form. And, I, and there's, you know, I think the opinions are all valid. But one thing I say is, 
Um, as much as some people are comfortable riding out the storm, it's just really difficult watching players you know are competent. You've seen them. Not even long ago. We're not talking about players like way past their prime or anything. But be totally feckless. Totally just not knowing what to do in any situation. Almost looking like they're wearing invisible T-Rex outfits trying to play football. Just the defending at times this season has been so bad that I understand the position of a lot of fans who are just going like, oh my God, I can't handle this. This is, how do you put up with that? How do you, you know, and then you have, you have these people doing that and it just kind of breaks you. It like, it really breaks your heart. I mean, sadness is like a real thing. We do as football fans, I think all the masculinity and stuff around is not something we say that often. And, and it, you know, we express it as frustration or irritation and anger, but like just the sadness of watching these players and this manager do this, the conversations I was having, and thank God they smacked it in my face, which is the most wonderful thing. But you're going like, how do you, you know, somebody has to know how to get these players to play even slightly better than this even slightly mm -hmm. better than this. Mm -hmm. Somebody has to know. I don't know. I'm not getting paid to do that job. You know, they, they are people, and I'm talking about the players as well because they're, they're, they're paid to solve these problems on the field. But I was tweeting, I mean, sorry, I was on WhatsApp with, uh, with my football supporting friends and there's a bunch of Arsenal fans in there and they were commenting, you know, all the way about how they've never been under this kind of pressure for the entire season. Uh, even the Man City game that they lost, it wasn't it wasn't this level of pressure. And at two one, quite late in the game, I messaged and I said, you know, they were saying, you know, how are you feeling? And I told them, you know, this actually this is not terrible. This is not the worst feeling in the world. We look like a football team. We're playing like a football team. Look at the desire. Look at look at what's happening on the field. Like we want to get amongst them. We're putting in tackles. We're really trying to get everybody involved and play for each other. And that is, you know, that application, it felt so much better. It felt like a respite, you know, after you've, you've not, not been allowed to breathe for a while, honestly. No, completely get it. It was a proper reaction. And um, I have um, FootMob and they have our XG at... Let me get the stats up. So prepared. Um, three point nine six to their one one point um four one. Um, exactly. We just we just looked like we were up for it. But I have a call, and then we'll carry on talking about the game and the lineup. And I think Kieran is joining us. I do see him online. Yep, he's there. Yeah, I'm here. Hi, Kieran. Welcome back. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. We can hear you absolutely fine. Um, the floor's yours. So take it away. Well, all right. Um, well, I thought um, the first half was an embarrassment, but the second half was just a lot, lot better. I thought we were by far the more dominant team. We probably should have won the game at the death. But in saying that, though, I, I'm probably a wee bit relieved that we, that we at least got something out of the game mm. at the same time. So, yeah, it was, it was, you know, I thought the second half was a lot better. Can't fault the second half performance, but the first half, though, was a disgrace. No, um, I, I think that's fair, Kieran. Thank you so much for calling. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Right. So that was that.
that's Kieran, and I think he summarised it really well. And I think, again, he's probably, the, the reaction from the second half was really good. And, Tom, I'm going to come to you because lineups are very, very important these days. We, mm. And the club doesn't have much to play around with. So when you see the starting 11 with, you know, I don't think there's much anticipation. There isn't much wiggle room for Jurgen Klopp. You pretty, know, you pretty much know what's going to do game in, game out. But that starting lineup, was it what you expected? Your thoughts on it? I, I mean, for the most part, yeah. I mean, I did get drawn in a little bit to the kind of rumours. We pretty much heard it throughout the week that Thiago was going to be back and available. And as it got closer, we started to get more hear more and more that oh, he, he might be just thrown in from the start. So there was part of me that was, it's probably the more hopeful side of me that we thought he would he'd be ready to come in from the start. And uh, and I thought that was good. That, that would have been huge for us. But um yeah, I think for the most part, I don't think there's anything else that we could have really anticipated. I mean, obviously, we had the, the Chelsea changes, which Klopp kind of tried to make a bit of a point with. But he went, when he's done that in the past, it never really lasts longer than a game, does it? So, yeah, I kind of expected like the likes of Trent, Virgil, um, Robertson, etc. to come back in. And um, I guess the only thing was whether with, if Nunes was going to be thrown in from the start as well. But... It, appears that maybe he might have been carrying a little something that maybe prohibited him playing more than 30 minutes but yeah I mean for the most part it's what I expected Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must have fan threads Well over at our Anfield Index shop we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection from our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah, it was good to see some of those names on the bench, wasn't it, Kay? And your thoughts about the team lineup? Yeah, I've got to be honest here, Nins, and this is just full disclosure because I just think it's fair. I, I realised I've come onto pods and said the very diplomatic thing. And and it's not entirely honest because sometimes I'll be raging at something and like it, if if it doesn't go the way I saw, then it's an easy way to kind of get out. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if that's fair. <laughs> so like for me, I was uh, I was raging, and I, I also realized that that was entirely unfair. So I looked at the lineup, and I'm gone. That midfield is awful, and we're gonna get pummeled. This is ridiculous. And I, then I looked at the bench. And I'm like, okay, well, what else could you really do there? You know, I mean, you have Thiago, but he's just back from injury. I wouldn't have put him in. You know, I wouldn't have put uh, chucked him into the lineup against league leaders Arsenal. Like, I wouldn't have done that. Um, and then, you know, you, you just have Elliot on the bench uh, as a midfield option. And I'm, I'm, I, I know, I know. And as much as I know, well, what else can you do, Jürgen? You know, I'm still angry for some reason. Which is silly. <laughs> you know, I got to say though, um, and I totally agree with Kieran. What you uh, the caller from earlier is just the first half. Some of the, some of the defending and and you know, when Arsenal was on top of us was really embarrassing. Uh, some of the midfield play as well. It, was, it just felt like you know, like that whole thing of we can't press. We're trying. We we can't resist the press. We don't try. And the defending and j- just watching 
Robo and Virgil, and especially in the very early first half, just run around the ball and look like fools was was really bad. But as it as it panned out, like that, you know, they, they did apply things on the field. So you have to you have to say that things got right, you know. And and then in a way, you, you know, when you see a performance like that, then you you don't really, you know, maybe for the next game, if it carries on for the next game, then you don't really mind the starting lineup as much. Uh, and maybe I will stop being silly and raging at it. But just full disclosure, I was absolutely apoplectic. And, and my anger eased as the game went on. <laughs> I love it. I love the fact that you were completely, completely your authentic self there. And uh, the fact that you admitted to the fact that you were raging. But again, you know, it's 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 what we've got. It, it annoys. It's so annoying because you know what it's going to do. You wish there was something different, but it is what it is. And I guess what we've got to do is just ride out the season. I think we have another caller, so I'm going to go to him because um, it's our it's our match day reporter, Harinda. Uh, Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm better now. <laughs> I think everyone's better now. <laughs> It's not a crisis whereby, you know, it feels fantastic, but it feels better, if that makes any sense, because um, you could scrap the first half, uh, the only bit of creativity being our goal, and everything else about it, you might as well scrap. Like, no point trying to go over stuff that normally just causes pain, because you've seen it happen before again and again, and it hasn't changed. You kind of can half expect it with the team that started as well, because Fab was a pale version of himself even Jones seemed to try and do more than Fab did in the first half and then Henderson Henderson bless him he tries but sometimes doesn't always work in his favor and defensively we were at sea and then we we suddenly decided to wake up around we got our goal I thought right, that might be a catalyst to something it wasn't and then the second half I don't, I don't know even leading up to the penalty there was a few chances whereby we played really really well then the penalty doesn't go away and then it's like oh motherfucker what the hell do we what do we need here man like what what which luck is which you know which lady luck do we need which one do we have to go and pay off to suddenly be in our corner um and and Liverpool just got to the 60th minute and they go for ah oh, fuck it you know put Thiago and um Nunes on that's a massive game changing element within itself and then Fab Firmino, Firmino comes on sorry and, and does what he does best and myself he still doesn't get retired you know he gives him one last push goes Herinda you know what today's not the day son today's not the day you're going to have one more shot at it so he lets it go for one more match whether he gets his, a swan song with it at, our, at the Villa match I don't know but credit where credit's due the second half was a Liverpool side that we can be proud of seeing playing with the red shirt on because they actually tried. They actually really tried for everything and anything up until the bitter end. You know? And we haven't seen that in ages. It's been such a long time since we've seen Liverpool do anything like that. You know? um, we didn't get blessed with a win, but again, it's better. You have to take this over the kind of shit that we've been served over the last few weeks or so, where the team just it doesn't seem to try you know, and that's that's the hurtful part when it doesn't try. But today, can't fault him in respect to the second half. First half, there's a lot to go in there. As I said, scrap it. You know what? Make yourselves feel happy about life in general. Scrap the first half. Just concentrate on the second half. Everything will be golden. 
Love it. Perfect summarization from Harinda there. Thank you so much for calling. And um, can I, sorry, Nins, Nins, can I, can I ask, can I ask uh, uh, Harry a question? Mm-hmm. Yes, you can. Are you still there? How, how are you, Paji? You all right? I'm good. Long time, Kalon. I mean, it has been forever, bro. <laughs> electricity and internet woes, which is really yes. Bad. That situation is much better for yourself, at least. It's it's it is eased. Thank you, but yeah. But good. I just wanted to ask you, Paji. You know, uh, obviously, I wasn't at the ground, but it seemed to me that at least crowd-wise, not that the crowd was ever quiet. I'm not trying to say that. Do you think it gave us just an extra little bit of kick up the bum? When Shaka, being an idiot at Tunnel Up, decides to go late in on Trent and cause that whole nonsense, um, it felt watching that there was just a little bit more in the game after that. Like, why do that at Tunnel yeah, Up? Why are you so stupid? Why? Because, because Granite is Granite. That's what he does. <laughs> yeah. Shaka's yeah, so, an absolute fool. He I mean, the it. moment 100% is Ibo go, Ibu going right through him and getting the ball. Like, it was the world's best tackle at that moment in time. And it so f- was the feeling of everybody in the ground. So when Ibu did that in the second half, it was brilliant. When mm. Trent squared up to him, I actually thought, you know what, I want Chad, I wanted um, Jaka to do something. I literally mm. go on there, do it. If you're going to be a hero, if you're going to stand like that and you're going to get, oh, yeah, yeah, look at me, look at me kind of thing, go on then do something. And I think that yeah. was the turning point. It was such a stupid thing to do because you're 2-0 up. There's, um, you know, you, you go into the back of Trent, Trent pushes you, you retaliate. The crowd who were snoozing, and they were, uh, certainly from the television perspective, what we saw. And then the fans uh, just wanted yeah. to scream about. And then, you know what? And I you saw something about the, Trent. You couldn't blame the fans for snoozing. No, you could not. And Trent <laughs> looked fired up as well. And I was like, good. And there's mm. a reaction from you as well. Potentially, Xhaka might have handed the title to City. Oh, Wow. And I just thought it was so stupid. How stupid uh, should you be to do that? I mean, I just thought it was the most idiotic thing in the world. You're too it, it was reminiscent of Mikel Arteta. Was it not? Was it last season or the season before? When he and he talked a big game before about we need to make sure we manage the crowd. And then after, yeah, was they go one nil up, and then after half an hour, he decided to pick a fight with Klopp, and then that was yeah, we battered him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Foolish, oh, well, foolish. What, what a pity, as Klopp would say. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, what else could you say, right? Like, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Chelsea away was really bad. Like the, the traveling cop were brilliant, but the team wasn't. Yeah, it was really painful to watch. Um, and today, when you saw the starting lineup again, you, as I said, you can expect everything to be as it was. Like you, you didn't think anything was possibly going to change, and it didn't. And then, miraculously, Liverpool gave themselves a kick, a much-deserved kick up the backside, decided to wake up and realise who they were, and thought, ah, we're Liverpool, right, so let's play like Liverpool. And we did. And credit where credit's due, as I said um, earlier, we did that all the way until the last minute. Like, even the last second, almost. You know, bar some mm. absolute worldly saves from Ramsdale, bastard, um, that could have been a different scoreline, right? Completely could have been a different scoreline. And I think Arsenal will feel that they got away with it. Absolutely. Um, Harinda, thank you so much. No problems. Have a very happy Easter all and up the Reds. Yeah, and you have a safe journey back. And thank you so much for calling. So that was Harinda. And um, I'm going to come to Kay on this one. So, um, you know, 
Harinder there just giving us his, you know, his his analysis of being there and the match, and I think it summarizes pretty well. But it's very interesting. I mean, we'll we'll speak about the first half and um, let's talk about this. So um, eight minutes in, and um, you know, it looked like you were right in the sense that you know the players and tactically it looked like it was it was like not going great for the Reds. But eight minutes in. And, you know, Xhaka just out completely outsmarts Robbo there on the on the left and, you know, a great run on from them. Um Martinelli scores a you know, a ball that kind of deflects off um Virgil van Dijk's foot. And it's just a comedy of errors because we we we're so easy to play through. So easy. And it, it it, I wasn't even through, surprised. Yeah. It mm. I wasn't even surprised, but I was bemused. I was like, oh, again? But am I surprised? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they find new ways to look <laughs> stupid. <laughs> it's like you know, it's it's like you're watching you're watching six year olds play the game, and you know they're gonna be silly playing the game, right? You know. But then, like one kid runs, takes a huge long run up, and they just misses the ball flat out when kicking it, and you're going like, "Wow, wow!" I mean, that is. That surprises even me. You know, I was expecting this, and I'm you know something like that. One kid is biting another kid. One kid runs to the post, and you're like, "This is this is still entertaining in a kind of way because it's surprising how many times you can come up with something that silly." And that it feels a lot like what Liverpool have done in the recent past, right? I mean, Robertson, bless him, and he, you know he was he was running. Um, so I mean, the the thing of 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 the team trying hard. I don't think the team doesn't like try hard in terms of application. I, I it's just like tactically nothing's working, and um, it, it doesn't matter what you count as stats for kilometers covered or anything like that. It, it just falls to nothing, right? But then you have especially Virgil and and Robo just. You know, and, and I'm not, uh, for me, it's not that the, the casualness of Virgil van Dijk. I love the casualness of Virgil van Dijk. I, I just think he's amazing. Uh, but, you know, in, in this season where everybody's been terrible and more recently, you notice that like, Robert and Dennis, but it just felt like he ran around the ball twice. Uh, almost, you know, Shaka does a nice thing. And and then Robertson tries to go, but right at the end, you know, it, it looked like a six-year-old running in and just trying to keep the ball, not getting anywhere close to it, watching it dribble past. And that was both a combination of how how good Arsenal are uh, at the current time, but certainly we played a big part in that goal. Uh, you you I don't think you can look at that goal and not say that we caused at least half of it ourselves. Absolutely. And your thoughts, Tom, what did you make of the first goal? You know, hands in the head moment, like, oh, gosh, I'm watching this again, you know? Yeah, it just it felt a bit, I feel like I kind of think the same thing, that it's all just kind of a domino effect where one person doesn't do their job, which means the other person has to cover for them, which means the person can, that person needs to cover for them, which then just leaves a gaping hole somewhere. And it seemed that way with, I think the midfield was was a bit stretched, and then yep. obviously Robertson got lost his foot in with with Saka's touch. Um, when Saka, um, yeah, it was a nice touch from Saka. That's right, mm-hmm. and um, he decided to drive with the ball, which meant which meant that Virgil had to kind of come across a bit more. Which then the run from Martinelli, which Ebu felt like he needed to come in and try and plug that gap, and then uh, no, it was Odegaard. He tried to close down, which opened the gap for Martinelli, which. 
yeah, it's, I just, it's kind of Groundhog Day. I feel like I'm kind of seeing and going through the same thing every time I see us concede a goal, whereas you kind of reverse engineer the ball going back in the net all the way back to one person not doing their job, which leads to a catalogue of people trying to cover for the next man. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating because it's kind of, when's this lesson going to be learned? And it, it does just kind of feel like we need to ride this out and try and outscore people for the rest of this season, really, because I don't think it's going to change overnight. I think it's going to take um, some serious, serious hours of strategy with the management team. I think it's going to take some work in the transfer window. It's going to take a bunch of things. And otherwise, you know, between now and the end of the season, I think we're going to keep seeing those things. But, you know. Yeah. And Tom, I'm going to stick with you because um, Harinda made some really good points there as well about the first half and obviously how, you know, how he'd like to scrap it. But and you and I had a chat uh, before we kind of recorded as well. So we're one nil down and, you know, the, the usual suspects on Sky Sports commentary like to get really, really jived up for this because, yeah. you know, um, you know, Arsenal they were very much on the front foot. We We can totally, totally agree on that. And, you know, some of the... So the spew that they were regurgitating, like, oh, Arsenal are playing like Liverpool of 2020. And the, the problem oh. is Liverpool are off it. And, and I'm sat there and I'm listening to all this and I'm like, no, like, you know, like, we, like, like, yeah, like Kay said, like, we make our own mistakes. You know, we, we, we have been gifting teams, like, we've just been off the mark. And secondly, despite that first half being a total right half on in terms of how, where Liverpool were concerned, Liverpool still had three, I think, three very good chances, which fell to Robbo, which I think he should have done a lot better. Salah had a chance and Henderson. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. I think um, I, I, as soon as I heard that, I was just insulted. I think the yes. difference between this, this, you know, this Arsenal team and, and that the the ruthless Liverpool team that we saw over the last few years is that. One, we were up against a much better Man City and they're still going to give the title away to them. Two, in those situations, we at the moment, everyone's enjoying playing against Liverpool at the moment because at the back, we, we're, we're offering opportunities to people. When we were at our best, there wasn't a team that we played against that didn't completely lock up shot and give us, and they gave us absolutely nothing. We had to work for absolutely everything. And the moment we got something, we were relentless. So there was... If, for example, if it was today and we scored after eight minutes, I promise you we would have been 3-0 up after 25, 30 minutes. And we would have killed that game off. And then the second half, we would have just managed the game and gone into cruise control and won. But that's not what they did. They crumbled. They crumbled under the Anfield atmosphere, which, true, no one else has it but us. We're the only ones with that weapon. But no, I'm not, I'm not having any comparison. They're a good team. I'm not, I'm not denying that. They... Um, <laughs> You know, you sit there today, especially in that first ten and fifteen minutes. You you do get scared every time someone like Martinelli, Saka, Odegaard gets the ball, and they they are a terrifying prospect when you're a team playing the way we are. But I tell you, I'd have been a hell of a lot scared if it was if we were up against Mane, Salah, Firmino in their pump. But yeah, there was there was a lot from the from the Sky Sports gang today, and. Oh, just that would them comparing those two teams was just one of the few things that really, really got under my skin. I think mostly though it's this this absolute um manhunt for Trent that Gary Neville's got on at the moment. Like we all know that Trent is not having his best season and there are 
that we will be the first ones to criticize what needs to be criticized but it's it's getting a bit agenda driven now it's he's playing bad but god he makes it so obvious doesn't he tom he makes it like he just like needles in on the guy and then he says the word trent like 16 times in a minute to let you like it's so it's so banal and awful. Like, oh, I mean, that's he's not- in the midfield. He's in the midfield. He's in the midfield. And obviously, <laughs> okay, that's that's where the second goal came from, you know, from the right-hand side. Look at Trent there. He's nowhere near. And, you know, Kanate, obviously, you know, looking a bit stretched. And then the cross comes in. And mm. it is an absolute joke of a cross because it goes completely unchecked. Again, you know, the left-hand side of our defence looking a little bit suspect. And, uh, you know, an easy, easy header, you know, Mm. Yeah, Jesus. The the second half, it was ridiculous. Like there was, there was two or three moments where they literally just clipped the ball over the top to that channel, and he's blaming Mm. Trent for not cutting it out or something, as if Trent's meant to be able to either bring back at record speed and get there before Martinelli, or he's able to jump thirty feet up in the air, head it away, and clear it. I just don't get it, and then. There was the the funniest one was when it was after the after the uh, Xhaka incident where they kind of squared off, and it was like very shortly after that, Martelli gets the ball one on one with Trent, and obviously Trent's a bit fired up and he managed he dealt with him brilliantly. And he had obviously had a bit more between his teeth and he dealt with him brilliantly. And go, instead of that's better, that's what we want to see from him. Gary Neville's he needs to be careful here. He needs to be careful because <laughs> he's going to get himself in trouble and it's like yeah, no, he's doing exactly that. what he should be doing he's doing exactly what you've been criticizing him for not doing every opportunity you get so no there's there's no winning with that guy so yeah i mean just one of the many many little things today from good old gene evans crippled old man martin tyler Absolutely. I mean, Kate, I'm going to come to you and I will ask you another question that was quite frustrating as well. So, 1-0 down, we'll, uh, we'll talk about the second goal in a minute, but a thing that I kind of noticed as well was it was really hard. It was a horrible performance by Liverpool, no doubt, in the first half. And, you know, it was really, really frustrating, but I did not appreciate the theatrics from Arsenal oh um, to kill every ounce of momentum, which... I get you got to do what you got to do, but if you're a title contending team, top of the league, I, I expect that from relegation fodder. Mm. I don't mm. expect it from a team that wants to be the champions. Like you should just outplay us. Like that is my expectation of you. That's Tony Pulis shit. Is yeah. what that is. That, that, that's what and it that was is. embarrassing as well. What they were going down for? Oh, totally. Totally. I mean, the and one the way Gabriel like what, held his yeah. head for five minutes, and I mean, come on, disgusting! It's disgusting. <laughs> I, I just didn't understand what was, you know. I mean, it was so obvious, and I mean, okay, some things you can't control as the ref because if a guy goes down with a head injury, then you're like, okay, you know, that th- that has to happen. Uh, so, but it's not like Paul Tierney really helped his cause by just allowing them to do this. The thing is, what I was really shocked at and this was from arsenal fans as well as from uh big arsenal accounts and like the general media as well was the mentality that arsenal came into this game was was one of like real revenge like this was their cup final and 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 what i gather is that they are so traumatized from what's happened in previous seasons at anfield 
that, you know, this was going to be the one. They had hope of winning this one. And I'm like, is that, you know, that feels small to me. That, that, that feels small. We, we weren't really thinking about that. I mean, going to Old Trafford is always a big thing for us. It's always a big thing for us. And it will never not be a big thing. But when we were, were like top, 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 it really felt like the players were just in control of that. They didn't go there and, and look to employ these other tactics. They didn't overblow the situation. They respected Old Trafford. They respected the history. And they won. You know, they, they did their jobs got to the start line, finished it. You know, like they did everything they were supposed to do. This felt a lot like previous Arsenal's. I mean, I think Tom was mentioning it before with the Arteta thing. Further back than that, when Fabregas was captain, you never felt like they had somebody holding the rudder of that whole entire side, being the bigger person, guiding them through difficult moments. And this, I felt belied. The 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 stuff you're talking about, uh, Nins, I felt it belied this whole thing of like, this is the cup final. This mm-hmm. is the one we really have to win. You, you, you have to, I understand taking each game as it comes, but you have to put it in context and you have to keep your eye on the fact that you're, you know, you're going for the title. You're a bigger side. You're playing super well. You know, you've got top players. Everything is going well for you guys. You've had a bit of luck here and there, but you make your luck. It didn't feel like any of that. It made, it made Arsenal feel smaller than they were. And I think that had an, a, a mental contribution to when Liverpool were up, Arsenal just kind of also really didn't have a response to it. And that's why the, the pressure was so much from the, you know, in the second half. But all that, I, I don't think you should change the way you play mentally or uh, actually tactically. You know, when you're up, when you're playing well, you concentrate on yourself and you look within and you play the game, you know. And they just didn't do that today, Nins. And I, I definitely that behavior just just uh, just let us know what they were feeling like inside. Yeah, it was absolutely disgraceful. And Kay, I'll stick with you. I mean, talk to me about the second goal because at that point I was ready to just rip my hair out. So easy again. You know, these are simple things that you should be taking care of. I think also, mm. I think the back line was ever so slightly stretched. It looked like we had three in the back there at that point. Mm. Um, Kanate mm. pretty much playing right back by the looks of things, you know, just how stretched we were. But an easy cross there, you know, and, you know, Gabriel Jesus is, is going to, Jesus is going to score that. And it was, it was just deeply frustrating because the, these moments of concentration, this tactic, and, you know, Virgil van Dijk, was not great there. You know, I don't even think he even looked, I think he didn't even look back to see who was behind him or maybe he did, but maybe once or twice. Like, that's bread and butter of a defender. Like, you should, like, when you're defending a space, you have to look around, who's coming up behind you? Who's in your blind spot? You know, mm. who's, who's covering you from your team? None of that. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. 
So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. None of that at all. And I, I just feel here as well, uh, Tom's analysis is just right. Uh, so to bring up another point very quickly, uh, somebody was showing us a Fabinho uh, or featuring a Fabinho compilation from previous seasons where, you know, I mean, he's been imperious. He's just been like a ridiculous DM for us. And the takeaway from that was, is he had a lot less to do. There, there was a, there were, you know, his, 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 his actual field of application was a lot smaller than it is now. And you can say that for a lot of people because when everything is working tactically well, your job becomes a lot more focused in this Liverpool team. So as a defender, you can focus on these, these individual things and that's your job. And it's exactly what Tom was saying. Without a midfield, and I, you know, again, I'm, I'm not here to say any individual player does that. I just think the squad has gotten into this situation. But the midfield, when you don't have that support, either in attack or defense, when the pressing is not there, when the hard work is not there and the real kilometers put in on the pitch, you have that domino effect, right? And then your head just goes. And we've seen it so often, exactly what you're saying, Nins. I'm not taking awareness of very simple things now because I'm concentrating on the fact that I've got a two-on-one or the potential two-on-one or there's, there's just acres of space for this attacker in front of me and an acre of space for another attacker on the other side. And I've got to worry about this. And it, it really just gives you this myopic view of the field. You get lost in your individual duel and you don't really worry and defense is just all about awareness you really need the communication you know you always hear defensive uh, players talking about how they need to communicate with each other because it's the awareness that's the important thing you need somebody guiding you and and i think it just gets lost and that second goal it just felt like you know when we're not making terrible mistakes uh directly contributing to, <laughs> to shots on goal it does feel like that happens sometimes where there's this as thomas saying that domino effect of us just leaving things and it becomes so easy to play through us and it's just a cross and it's just a header and you can't give that to good players because even average players in the Premier League are at, at a very much a, a level enough to score using those things and we've seen it time and time and time again and just felt endemic right of what we've been seeing recently I feel. Absolutely. Just to touch on what you're saying sorry about the the first goal and it, it, like with Fab he is doing having to do so much more running, so much more ground to cover. Like I, I, I watched the first goal back, and you can't help but kind of acknowledge that back in the day, the moment that the moment that Saka gets away from Robertson, if you think of the best iteration of a Liverpool midfield, Wine Aldum's there just swarming. He's probably in Saka's face, probably sticks his ass into him, knocks him on mm, the floor, and wins mm, the ball back. Mm. But instead, now you've got Fab having to sprint across cover that ground and then he's the one covering it and it just it moves everything and shifts everything but instead if you've got someone like Wijnaldum there filling in then Fabinho's there covering Odegaard and then Odegaard doesn't get the ball and then feed it to Martinelli and if Fab's there then Ibri doesn't have to step out he's there holding that space and there's not even any space for Martinelli to run into so we're fine but it does it's just the it's it's it is sometimes when you're playing at the highest level these slight differences that make such a huge, huge difference in the grand scheme of things. They really do. And I'm going to stick with you, Tom, now. Um, 
So um, we get a goal back from Mo Salah. Mm. I mean, perfect time to score a goal as well. And it was right after the whole Granite Xhaka um, incident, which kind of fired up the, uh, the, you know, the Anfield crowd, pretty much fired up everyone. I think fired up the players as well, kind of woke up. They saw a reaction from the crowd and mm. it was much needed. And, um, uh, you know, I think, you know, we have to talk about Mo Salah scoring, but I think something that might go really unchecked or unnoticed was how brilliant Jones was there as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, it might be my biggest issue with not specifically Jones, but just his whole situation and his development at Liverpool is that that's where you want him. You want him in those areas. You want him running at defences. He's got the power. He's got some pace about him. He's brilliant technically. Those are the areas you want him with little touches in and around the box, putting it on the plate for Robertson, um, Jorge, or I can't remember who it was that squared it back. But that's where yes. you want him. You don't want him trying to do the stuff that we kind of we've spoken about, kind of trying to win the ball back, covering space, plug gaps, and yeah, it's he, he did he did really well, and we kind of owe. That probably owed today's game to the crowd and by an extension to, to Granite Xhaka but without without the crowd today I don't think we go on and get that first goal and I think if we go in at half time at 2-0 it might have it may have came, become damage control but we came out of a completely different mindset in the second half following that but yeah the first goal I think um, definitely definitely was a result of the, the Xhaka the crowd in particular and yeah I think it's 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 right to give Jones credit and, and um, yeah and it's, it's, you know with, with Mo Salah it's just a case of he was there he gambled he put himself in the right area and sometimes that's what goal scorers all goal scorers need to do and um, yeah yeah like I said I think that probably changed the course of the whole game I think if we went in a 2-0 we might have seen a completely different second half yeah, a usual one where you know heads totally totally crumble and wobble when we come out into second half okay I'm going to come to you Jordan Henderson there. <laughs> do you think he tried having a shot on goal or do you think that was an assist? <laughs> I actually... <laughs> so I think it was neither. I, I do like the position that Jordan yes. was in. Yes, yes. That was great. Um, and, and one of the things was, it was, despite the fact that we've got these really good attackers, it is difficult to see where our goals come from if not just the madness by one of the attackers. Uh, just I'm talking about just normal open play stuff, right? How 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 does that happen? And one of the things of that goal, I I like the I like the Jones play. I, I like that you gave that a mention. And I think he, he he tries to put it back into a spot where he knows Henderson is. It's not ideal, ideal, um, which is obvious, you know. I mean, and then what I feel Jordan does is he kind of okay, I've got to get something on this, um, and and he kind of stretches it. I don't think he was meaning for. I'm, I'm not sure if he knew that Mo was on that. Uh, like, I think he knew Mo was vaguely on that side, but I don't know if he knew that Mo would be running onto the ball like that or or um, uh, coming in behind uh, Gabriel in, in, in that kind of way. I think he just kind of gets a foot on it to keep the move alive because he knows if he doesn't put a foot on it, the ball goes to an Arsenal player. I think he does that and it kind of works out in the end. Um, and yeah, I am saying it's a bit of luck, but when I say luck, I don't mean in the sense of, you know, how we kind of have luck every day. I don't think you get that kind of luck in sports where it's just totally a matter of chance. I think luck is a byproduct of like tiny choices that you make and maybe it's not obvious how you got into that position. But Mo had to gamble. Jordan had to reach. Jones had to do the thing on the side. 
you, you make that luck almost in a way. Um, but it, it didn't feel like, what can I say to me? Just being honest, it didn't feel a hundred percent like totally purposeful <laughs> if I put it that way. Um, but I did think that all, you know, all the, all the three major people involved in the, in the final touches, Jones, Henderson and Salah, I thought they all did really well in, in, in grinding that out kind of, uh, in a way, making the best of the situation, if I can put it that way, Nins. Yeah, and it's probably the first time that there was some kind of click as well, right up top as well, like on the face of goal. Um, I'm going to speak to both of you now. So, um, I, both of you just chat, because, again, there's so much to talk about. Um, we're trying to get through things as quick as possible. But I think we all saw something that was truly... I've never, like, I don't think I've seen it before, but it came to our attention that Robbo got elbowed in the, in the neck. Jesus in the Christ, throat. what the hell was that? <laughs> Can somebody know, honestly? That, like, if it was the other way around, Robertson would have been banned for, like, eight games or something like that. Robbo got booked How can you well? elbow a dude in the face? Yeah, we've And then Robbo gets the booked for it. Unbelievable. Like, and, what and the hell? It, it took so what was, long I mean, what was your natural reaction well. to that? Because I was like, oh my God, I've literally, seen, I mean, literally seen everything now. Did you hear Roy Keane as well? Oh, Please yeah. Tell me, like, honestly, the Man United Brigade, brigade today, like, oh, what did he say? Clear as day. Oh, 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 will fill you in. So he was in the studio in Sky Sports and they asked him, and he goes, I'll be honest with you there. I think Robbo's just acting like a big baby and, and, you know, he should shut up and get on with it and all this. Yeah. That is exactly what he said. You big bearded troll. What the fuck? You can't. Oh my god! Oh my god! I've never, I've literally never seen it in my life. I've never seen a. How can you? How can you elbow somebody in the face and then walk I off think... like oh no, 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 no. like? And then what somehow Robbo gets booked for it. <laughs> somehow, please explain. Please very explain. Very interested Tell me to what's see how going this guy handles now. I am very interested to well, see how this yeah, guy handles. He's... He's going to be yeah. in big trouble, I he think. I don't think they're going to allow that to happen. He looked like he was bricking it. He looked like yeah. he was bricking it. Yeah, he knows. And, no, and he was laughing in the second half, Nins. He was, there was like that focused on it. Yeah. yeah. Sure if that was someone in his ear saying something that he's kind of smiled about. Or, but, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He's got to be in big trouble. And to be fair, what I will say is I, I wouldn't be surprised if that played a bit of a part of us coming out of that little extra bit revved up in the yeah. second half. Yeah, actually, alert in the second half. Yeah. So, and I'm sure that kind of played a part. You know what he reminded me of as well. All all these things were annoying me, Nins. Like, like it was like when you. I understand we all have tribalism, you know. But I think if if you're around the sport for a while, like I'm old now, right? What What's the year? I'm 42, right? I mean, I've been watching Liverpool Football Club essentially since I was born. Right. You realize at some point that, oh, I do look at these things through Liverpool tinted glasses. And what mm-hmm. annoys me is when fans watch their teams and then and then don't pick up on very obvious nonsenses that are happening with the opposition. Right. Like I can watch a game and still be like, oh, that's that's not a that <laughs> like that, that, that decision is is like on the line. I, I I wouldn't say like you know you 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 can kind of say and I know I'm not saying I'm not biased I'm not saying that 
But like, for example, with the Shaka incident, right? Then it happens and then Arsenal people are like, oh, it's awesome that Shaka gets booked because Trent couldn't control his temper there. Well, go tell your boy not to like run into somebody two seconds after the ball has gone. What is that? You know, like go speak to your people. And then when that happens, like replays are flying around on WhatsApp, no commentary. It's like, oh, yeah, no, sure. What, it, it doesn't matter. You've just elbowed a Liverpool player. That is, it's not one of my, my plays. I don't care. It's, what, what's wrong with you people? And I, I, I just think that, like, it's, it's, you know, at some point in your life, you have to realize that you're trolling yourself. You're, you're being, you're being, and that it really gets me so upset. Mm. So for me, I mean, once again, guys, referencing uh, the, the conversation I jumped in when, you know, before the game, I do want. Uh, uh, you know, a kind of in, in the moral sense, I want Arsenal to win the title because I I hate the city cheating. I just I just hate that. I hate when the commentators, like they did for their game this weekend, were going like, "It's just so amazing how Pep keeps on winning with this team." The hardest thing is to keep that intensity and keep the the level of. I'm like, oh, how did that? How? Why don't these other idiotic teams just copy the city model? How stupid is everybody else that they can't replicate this amazing, uh, like standard that Pep has set at City? I just find it so insanely ridiculous that commentators purposefully ignore like the largest elephant in the room, like we've ever had. You know, we've ever had. <laughs> I just and I just and I feel like, uh, but the, you see, because of that, because. Because Arsenal fans sometimes, uh, and I know they're not all like that, but if City win, like, so if Arsenal win, I'd be like, yes, I like this because I don't want City to win the league because they're cheats. But if City win, I'm also like, but it doesn't really count if you win, does it? Because like you're, you're a nothing team, right? And also, I won't have to listen to Arsenal fans being Us, like so tribalist and so annoying. Way too many to agree. I, I can't. I can't bear the idea of it. For me, it's well, like at first I was like, well, back when Arsenal were flying high, I I was on the podcast on on this podcast, and I did say I hope Arsenal win it because they're a proper team. I, I I completely retract that statement. I'd rather have Man City win it because uh, anything that they win in the league is absolutely meaningless. I don't think anyone cares. Um, I think you know it just goes to show like the the amount that they spend. I also think that Pep Guardiola, as much as you might hate to admit it, but he is a world class manager. Like he is used to managing elite. I don't like the idea of Mikel Arteta. This you know, and I, I know he's shown some classy gestures with um you know. P- paying tribute mm, to um, mm, Hillsborough mm. and their fans as well. And the fact that he had the 97 badge, I, I like all that. But also, like, I can't forget the fact that he got, he squared up to Jurgen Klopp. I don't really like him much. I don't care much for their fans. I also don't want them to be that team that, oh, we took the lead, um, the league off um, this brilliant City team, which obviously we know this City team isn't functioning as what it used to when we used to challenge them. I want us to still be that team. So for all the mm. reasons, I, do, I, I want Man City to win it. I'm just putting that out there. I also, and- I also just feel like if we're talking about a general standard of football, I, I, like th- this Arsenal team, if Liverpool and if this was any of the previous like five seasons, Arsenal would be gunning for top four. Uh, like they, they aren't at that level where, and it just Indeed. feels like a. a, 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 bit of a so it just, yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
it feels like a tiny bit of like not an insult as such. I, I don't mean it in like that terrible way. Like Arsenal are the like a very they, they are one of the best teams. If, if you know it was like second best team this season, right? Like I'm not trying to take that away from them, but like they wouldn't hold a candle to like Vieira and Petit Arsenal. You, you know what I'm saying? Like they yeah, they aren't at that level, and it, and and it feels kind of silly <laughs> almost that this Arsenal team with this manager will win in a, in a, in a time when Pep and Klopp are managers at this you know at, in the league kind of it just feels a little bit of a pantomime almost and they lost to flipping Everton at Goodison Park shut up man you can't do that <laughs> I'm sorry no no no, no. <laughs> and to touch on some of the tribalism I've genuinely I've seen tweets of Arsenal fans complaining that the referee did them over today we literally had a linesman elbow one of our players. Incredible. And Mo Salah should have had two penalties in the final minute. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Let's, let's speak about <laughs> that. Um, let's speak about that. So Mo Salah gets a penalty in the second half. Um, Jota goes, gets brought down by holding. Um, soft but a penalty in, in the rules. It's You know, there was contact. You've got to make the most of it. And um, Jota gets it. And um, Mo Salah, man. Like... What's happened? The two penalties in recent times, which I think one was against Bournemouth, he misses, and this one. Sorry, go on. And you can't, you can't even say he was fasting. Shut up, man. Kanate was fasting. He had a brilliant game. I'm not having that. I'm not having that. Yeah, no, I, it, see, it, that was definitely a mental thing. I think obviously the Bournemouth one he missed, where he's tried to to leather it and he's put it miles over. This one, he, I looked like he just tried to be too precise. Just mm. really wanted to tuck it inside that post when he's not a precise penalty taker. You look at the penalties he takes, he normally just puts his foot through it, yep. whether it's down the middle or gets it in the top corner just by kind of chance almost. He, he just, yeah, he, he looked like he tried too hard to be too precise. It looked like that, it got to him a little bit too much in that moment. And you can tell by his reaction that was the case. That was pure frustration. I, I definitely agree with that. I, I don't know who it was, and I apologize, but somebody on Twitter was saying he's, he's almost got the penalty yips now. He looks like yeah. he's changed his technique a bit, and and it's just, uh, you know, I, again, totally just feel like that's gotten in his head as well. Totally agree. And you know what? It's mad, right? Because I thought he was having an okay-ish game, like popping up, being a little yeah. bit of a threat as and when he needs to. But then after that penalty miss, I actually thought, even though Liverpool were great, I felt like... His touch was a little off. Like he looked like mm. that affected him in the game, which mm. is quite rare for a um, Mosler because I actually do think he's also mentally very resilient in the game. Yeah, mm. yeah. Maybe tried to force things in some some instances a little bit too much, and maybe tried a bit too hard to do certain things. Yeah, like you say, sometimes the the touch was just slightly off in situations where it just needed to be brought close to him, and he's tried to do too much. But I'm, I'm also I'm glad that you mentioned about Kanati because Jesus, he was ridiculous in that second half. Oh, he was amazing. He did, yeah. It's amazing. like he decided, like, do you know what? If no one else can be like, no one else can help me today, I'll just be the defense. He was basically the defense. Yeah, and it's like, well, I'll, I'll give credit to to the team in general. I think the second half, considering kind of the threat that Arsenal had and the the obvious problems we've had this season, I felt like that second half we. Instead of retreating a little bit defensively, we just decided to go all out. Just, just, just fully commit to trying to press them high, try and win the second balls up high, get high up the pitch. Instead of dropping ten yards, it seemed like we went, we 
we kind of stepped up five or ten yards and was getting first to the ball and that sort of thing. I thought I was really kind of taken aback by that because, like I say, I think it would have been really easy to maybe drop off a little bit and try ta- different tactical tactical approach and be kind of counter them. But it looked like we tried to kind of ride the crowd a little bit and use that intensity in our game, and it worked for 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 the most part. Obviously, they did break through a few times, but I think you know we. We've had that before. We've had that even at our best. There's there's times where the press doesn't quite work and the team will get behind. And you have people like Ibu who's able to get back and, you know, either take um, Martinelli out or break Granite Xhaka in half. You know, it's it's absolutely fine. Absolutely appreciate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I just love the, the pace and the recovery that he has. I also love the fact that he was really... You know, I, I noticed like in instances as well, like really sort of like trying to help out Trent there defensively as well, like doubling yeah. up on, on on Saka and things. You know, his his game was really, really switched on and, and alert. And I mean, Kay, have you got any 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 remarks on Kanate? Because I just think if we can keep this guy fit, it's the one that you know he's one for the future. He's he's incredible. He's so professional. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> This is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My LibertyShield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout it was it was ridiculous I mean just to back up what Tom was saying there I just felt that at times in the game especially when we were on top it's very easy for a side like Liverpool with a, with a, what can I say like a damaged mentality uh, knowing how vulnerable they are at the back it's very easy to see the ball land up at a midfielder's feet who has options, you know, people are running off of him, and then to go, oh no, I should give up my position in going forward and I should drop back a bit. But that's not like, the old Liverpool counted on the fact that the the the, the compact nature of, of the team uh, would either be able to get a, an offside or be able to press them off the ball. And then you just see Ibu coming straight through Shaka. And like taking the ball like that. And again, it just, you, you know, then you go, okay, I can gamble on this. You know, I, it, it gives you that sense of surety. But it also, it's very difficult to just turn around and run back in that situation. You know, you're then going, continue, continue with the momentum, keep on going, keep, you know, we're there. And it gives you that message. Um, I think Jan Moby was the one that said, um, every t- you know, every pass has a little message on it. And it's, it's up to the relationship between the person doing the passing and the one receiving to understand what that message is. And sometimes tackles are like that. You know, and that, the, I, I just felt Ibu almost by himself today was just 
trying to maintain that, you know, trying to say, okay, this is my part in, in our stranglehold that we have in the second half and just keep on going. He was magnificent today, absolute colossus. I think he's the only one. He's the only, sorry, he's, I think he's the only person that can make me feel a little bit better about Van Dyke getting older. Yeah. I don't, like for years, I like when Virgil first on those first couple of years, I used to kind of every now and then have the thought of, oh shit, he's not going to be here forever. Yeah. <laughs> but he makes, he makes me a bit more comfortable with that. Yeah. He does feel like independent of Virgil, right? Whereas, yes, like uh, the the a lot of our other defenders feel like they kind of need that the presence there to yeah. bring the best out of him. Yeah, a little bit. Completely, completely, completely agree. Um, uh, all I was going to say on on Kanati was I hate the fact that you know the 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 media hype up like a player like Saliba. I know he wasn't playing today, but all season they have done. But I don't think Kanati gets the due respect that he deserves. But guys, this game was absolutely crazy, and it needed some introduction of some crazy people. So. Jurgen Klopp makes some subs around about 60 <laughs> minutes. T- um, the, the silky player in Thiago comes on for Curtis Jones and Darwin Nunes. It's your game. You're crazy. You're nuts. Everything's going wild. Everyone's running at each other. Go for it. And Jota comes off. I mean, I I instantly love that. Those subs made us look infinitely better. Certainly, um, certainly Thiago with just some of his like pinging of the passes and just his... His aura and his presence in the midfield, I just felt like we looked better. I, I felt his defensive work was also... Sorry, 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 Nins. I also no, felt his it. defensive work was was really, really good also. Just getting yeah. a tackle and being visible in that respect, in addition to being able to control the ball, I thought that helped us like a lot. You know, we, we don't have mm. somebody always visibly... Uh, who's not a defensive midfielder winning the ball like that and then and then turning around? So I thought that was a very very nice uh, contribution from him. Just to, just to, it's also just nice to see Thiago back. <laughs> it really is, and I, I kind of noticed as well that like Gakpo really came to his own as well when when Thiago came onto the pitch as well. I felt like he had some nice passes to feed off and you know to actually cause some threat there. I mean, I'll come to, I'll come to Tom now about the subs. What did you make of the subs? Yeah, we're just we're just night and day a different team with Thiago on the pitch. He's he's mm-hmm. one of the few players like I'm not sure there isn't a team in the world he doesn't improve. And he's he's one of the few players that we have that's like that. And he's generational in a te- in a sense of just his natural ability. I'm not sure I have ever seen maybe the exception of maybe Ronaldinho, someone like Messi. There's not many players with that technical level and. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he's sixty, eighty, one hundred percent fit. I think with the midfield being in the shape that it's in, I think he was always going to make a massive difference. And I, he's just kind of. I think from minute one, I was probably just counting down the minutes until we saw him on the pitch. To be honest, and you, what you said was right in terms of even just the defensive stuff. It's not necessary that he did anything that spectacular, but he was present and he was there in the moments mm. where someone needed to be in that area to you know, shut out a pass or at least kind of make someone's passing lane different or give Robertson the maybe just a little bit more confidence that he's not one-on-one and isolated with uh, with Saka, that sort of thing. He's just there and he's present and that, that makes a, such a difference. And obviously the technical stuff with his, his touch is always so sound. There was a moment where I think uh, he just he slid and intercepted a pass and it kind of, it was just that moment of, ah, Finally, someone's doing it. Someone's there. Someone's cutting out that pass, which 
you know, I think if if he wasn't there to to cut that out, I think it might have been Odegaard who would would have been able to take a touch, and then there would have been a way been able to counter and have runners like Saka, Jesus, and whatnot. But yeah, and um, obviously Nunes was somewhat something as well. I think you know, Jot is kind of leaving a lot to be desired right now, and um, as much, you know, I, I as much as anyone want to see him get back to his best and start putting in goals and doing the stuff that he did when, he, when we first got him. But it's, it's, I think he needed to score today, right? That was the game where he needed to not, for him to not be a, a whole calendar year without a goal. He needed to score today, but yeah, he didn't manage it. So um, it's a concern. And, uh, you know, I was waiting for Nunes because I felt like the physicality, the pace, the power would have made a big difference. And to be honest, we only really was able to utilise that on a few occasions. And there was a few times where he made kind of driving runs down the left-hand side without much support. But he tried his best and, you know, that's, you know, that's what you're going to get from him. You know, he's going to be a force of nature at least, if not technically savvy. But, yeah. No, no, I was happy at the the timing of them. Krupp hasn't always got his changes right this season. But, um, mm. yeah, I thought Thiago and Nunes were the, the right changes at the right time. And, um, yeah, I think that that helped us a lot. What I what I to add to the, like to to advance a little bit. What I thought was super funny talking about subs was Nunes comes on and I I didn't hear much from Arsenal fans. Uh, neither Thiago. I like the the Arsenal fans in my WhatsApp. We were like, okay, Firmino comes I know on. This is going. <laughs> Firmino comes on and and collectively you just see, oh my god. It's just oh. there was like almost like a, a, a audible butt clenching oh. when that happened. <laughs> it's like all that. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just come back to these fans are embattled when I tell you that they <laughs> they are just traumatized by by what Firmino has done in the past, and and they just kind of knew they're like they were like, oh no, he's gonna this is gonna happen, like it, which was crazy for me. Like I think as a Liverpool fan, more in recent years, you're more excited if kind of if if a Nunes comes on just for the chaos of Thiago comes on. Uh, in, in, in this particular, you know, game because, you know, oh, Thiago, uh, Firmino comes on, you're like, okay, you know, there's 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 hope, but like, not maybe not not always as much as if like kind of a New Year's chaos agent comes on. But for Arsenal fans, it was D-Day. They knew it was then it was done. Like, no, no, this is, he's scoring. We're done. We're finished. Uh, Salah's got his goal. That's, that's Firmino. It's done. And I just thought it was the funniest thing. And it was even funnier when it actually played out. I was like, nope. No way! You guys manifested your own demise. That's incredible. <laughs> I mean, he, was I enjoyed it. he was he was so up for it as well, wasn't he? Like I saw him sort of like pressing and harrowing, and I felt like that's when the attack really came to life as well. When Roberto Firmino came on, I mean, it changed. Like I love the fact that Klopp just went all out with the attack and thought, "Sorry, you know what? You, we're either gonna get a point, win, or mm. you, we're losing mm. anyway." Mm. Throw in another attack, not take an attack for an attack. And I felt like Salah came a bit more to life as well. Things were happening. Of course, he had two big penalty shouts there, certainly one towards the end. But he just looked so alert and so on it. And the goal, I mean, I'm not being funny. The way Trent Alexander-Arnold turns Yuchenko inside out like that and just put in that beautiful cross on Roberto Firmino's head. I mean, just gorgeous stuff, right, Tom? Like, <laughs> incredible. Yeah, it was perfect. It had to be Trent to kind of really set that up as well and, and just throw it in the face of Gary Neville in particular. But um, yeah, he hated it as well, didn't he? he absolutely hated yeah. it. 
yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, first with Bobby, I think um, he just linked everything, everything. Yeah. Because there was a lot of um, a lot of what we did was, was some of it was quite direct, and a lot of the stuff between midfield and the attack was a bit a bit stodgy, and um, mm. just didn't really. There was no real identi- identifiable way that we were trying to get at them. But then he came through, and he, he started to really link things nicely. Um, but yeah, I mean that goal. I think um, yeah, it was it was perfect. I think Trent Trent really needed that. I think there was a lot of talk building up to the game as well in terms of the amount his his assist numbers this season, as well as just obviously the, the general bashing he's get from a, den- a defensive point of view. Um, but yeah, it was lovely. And and I do you know what I didn't when it was dro- when that cross was dropping and the angle that Bobby was running at it was almost kind of sideways, a bit backwards. Mm. It's so. And the, nine times out of ten, you see someone really try and put their head through it and head it over the bar, because because there's not really much power on the on the cross. The angle is running at you. Really, kind of have to generate the power yourself. But somehow, his, his ability to to like actually cushion the head up, keep it down and on target, I think is quite underrated and quite understated how difficult that is. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was I was over the moon. It's the fact that it was Bobby always makes it that little bit more sweet, you know, knowing that it's kind of coming to the end of his time and the end of the old Bobby experience. It's, it's, it'd be nice every time we see him on the pitch, let alone get a goal. But yeah, it had to be him. Like you guys said, it absolutely had to be him. And I, I have Arsenal friends, and I saw some tweets from them like, "Yeah, watch this prick come on and score," <laughs> and you just knew, you just knew. But. Um, yeah, like I say, I, I'm, it was quite understated about how difficult a finish that actually is to kind of keep it down, and he did brilliantly. He really did. He really did. And it was great to hear his song as well, being belted out at Anfield as well. God, I'm going to miss that song almost as much as I'm going to miss the great player that was Roberto Firmino. I mean, it was... Okay, I'll come to you because it the, the last little bit now, because obviously we are on the last little bit of the game, but, you know, you, you saw the faces drop on, on the on the sidelines for Arsenal and, you know, players just looking absolutely bemused. And I think Zichenko did get taken off and he looked absolutely devastated with what's happened and things. And I, basically, it was it was all in all then. I, I felt like the game at that point turned very end-to-end for me. It could have gone anywhere. I think Kay's on mute. I am on mute. Oh my god! Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so no, I I agree with you. Uh, it did get a bit into it. We we were bullying most of the second half, right? And then I, I think mm. last. Oh, I'm trying to remember now because I didn't take any notes. But like last 15 minutes or so, I thought uh, at the 75-ish minute mark, we kind of started tapering off, and then Arsenal started getting like one or two opportunities. Um, and and I, I was even saying to a friend of mine, like, I've loved this possession that we've had. I loved the territory that we've had. But I do wish we had created with that territory one or two more chances. And yeah. just uh, g- given that Arsenal have had a couple of decent chances now, I'm wondering if they've actually had, a, had like, slightly better chances to score uh, this half, uh, you know, than, than uh, kind of our periods where we discounting the goals, you know, kind of what I'm saying, if, if I to try and look at it more objectively. Um, and so, yeah, I did think that that we had tapered off a little bit and 
And um, I think, you know, around that time, a couple of uh, the Firmino sub was being made, et cetera, et cetera. And that might have been a bit of a period of adjustment. But again, Nins, I want to go back to the point that like we were making earlier. It really did feel like this is this is not a game for you to show. Uh, like if you are one of the good teams in the Premier League, you're one of the best teams in the Premier League and you know it. This is not the game for you to show that you're finished and broken and that, oh, you, it's a draw. I mean, you didn't lose. It's a draw. But it felt like, again, it almost felt like Arsenal near willed it into existence. They were so scared of everything. The entire second half, um, and if you look at uh, Arsenal accounts and Twitter and certainly my friends on WhatsApp and stuff like that, they knew it was going to happen. They almost knew it was going to happen. And then it happened, and it was almost like this, you know, for them it was this feeling of inevitability. I did not feel like that as a Liverpool fan. I was actually pretty okay with that point, um, even though it was a loss. But I'd seen a good performance, and I was like, oh, this is a good game. I'm so thankful I get to see this again. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's, it's nice. It's a, very much like a relief. And for them, it just felt like after, you know, that, that doesn't give you the feel of champions, or does it? And I know they haven't been champions for a long time, so I, I don't hold saves, it against them, but yeah. Ramsdale's saves were ones that I think were inspirational in the sense that he looked like, uh, you know, like he, you know, like it was almost like, oh, those saves could be very, very crucial at the end. You know, mm, one of them, mm, certainly the one mm. of Moskala, I was like, whoa, you know, I'll, I'll give you credit for that one. Because I sometimes do think that he does get a whole load of praise. Um, sometimes I do think he does produce, I mean, I might get criticised for this, but sometimes I think he does a lot of camera saves. But that mm. was actually genuinely a world-class save, in my opinion. Yeah, and it comes off the defender. There was a, like, there was a deflection yeah, exactly, off the defender. Yeah. And he's going to the, no, no, there was like, and even, even the Ibu one, just because of positioning, being brave, et cetera, et cetera, like, there have been Arsenal goalkeepers in the not even distant past that would have just chickened out of that completely or, or bumbled it in some way. Like he's, uh, you know, I, I do agree with you, Nins. I don't think he's in the upper echelon of keepers, but he's decent. Uh, mm. And but I, I thought, I thought that you know those couple of saves were were really really big. I, I just, I just also feel like on that. That's why I, I think Liverpool fans didn't feel like there was an inevitability to this. You know, I, I think Liverpool fans felt like it was a game and it was open. And um, uh, the braver won, or you know something like that. You know, it, it would have it. Everything was up in the balance, I think. But I, I just felt the way Arsenal was going on, given the result. Now, you know, after looking backwards, it 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 might feel like a heavier blow than it is for them. You know, it felt like it really took a lot of mental anguish for them to go through that. And um, yeah, you kind of wonder. Uh, how they will react to that going forward. And not that that's our problem. Nope, not our problem. Could not give it down. <laughs> Tom, anything to add on to that before we go on to Man of the Match or anything else? Um, just if they play like that at, at the Etihad, they'll, they'll get battered. I don't think they'll stand a chance. If they play anything like that uh, when they go, when they go to City, um, you know, I think that we, we say a lot about City's atmosphere, but that, that occasion, I think... It, if the stadium's rocking and City are at it, playing the way they are at the moment with that robot up front, I think they'll absolutely batter them. Um, you know what? It's not even about how Arsenal turn up. If City just play as they're playing, true. I think City just yeah, throw them at their right. best. Honest to God. Yeah, oh, yeah. They can, they, can, they can be well up for it and be ready for the occasion. But, I, 
yeah, you're right. They they don't they don't match up man for man. They don't have the, the same quality the Man City have. There are some absolutely brilliant players in that team. I love Saka. I think Odegaard's brilliant. I think Martinez a hell of a talent. I think they've got some good defenders as well. And obviously Ramsdale. I'm, I'm not. I've never been the biggest fan, but he's capable of the big saves, which he's which he's shown. But they're just yeah. They're not. They're not on that level. They're not. I mean, City have been at. 60% this season and they're right arm. It's, it's, it's not close. And um, no, I think I think you guys are right. I think um, yeah, it's go, going into kind of this final stretch. I think you'll see what's what's made, what they're made of mentally. I think they showed kind of glimmers today that they're not quite at that level. I mean, it's difficult because we, we've, we're now stuck at comparing teams to what us and City have done over the last few years and getting 90 plus point seasons, mm. which which was completely unprecedented really, but we've kind of almost normalised it a little bit where we've managed to do it twice without winning the league. And, you know, it's, it's, it's maybe a bit harsh to hold a team to that kind of standard. But, you know, if it, City are, are still at that level, even kind of partly at that level, then, yeah, it's it's, it's difficult to see them coming out kind of successful in this the grand scheme of things but you, you can't I'm not going to criticise them for their season it's just kind of this. it's the way things are it's the way it's where we're at with uh, with football in this season I think um, yeah it's, it's it's just difficult it's difficult to kind of piece together and compare and I think I, I think you can definitely say that like I, I, the, who was which news outlet was saying the other day that like this season is one of the highest quality seasons ever? I'm like, bruh, have you looked at this season? Have you looked look at Spurs? Look at Chelsea? Look at us? We had an entire World Cup, bruh. Like you can't you can't rock up and and then say like, oh, this season's super high quality. It's very obviously not. It's and don't don't make the point just to like, uh, you know. Uh, put up some point that doesn't have any real justification. I mean, it's it's fine. You've got to win what's in front of you. And Arsenal are doing that. You know, like they've done really well this season. You can't take that away. You don't need to make silly points like that. Though. That's just silly. It is. It really is. Um, guys, let's um, do Man of the Match or any final takeaways from the game. I will come to Tom first. Anything from the match that you feel like you just kind of want to highlight that hasn't been discussed and also your Man of the Match? Um, yeah, no, to be honest, for the for the most part, I think um, you know, kind of tale of two halves. I think there was some of the tactical stuff that we saw in that first half. You look at what they were trying to do with Trent. I'm not massive on it, to be honest with you. It, I get that that's kind of all the rage at the moment, and they're trying this inverted wing back thing. But I think the, where we really get the most of Trent is when he's on that right hand side. He's kind of receiving the ball deep he's kind of coming onto the ball towards play and that's where he's got the space to do what he's kind of there's no one better at doing what he does in those areas so yeah I'm not I'm not too keen on that if there's kind of different iterations of different tactical approaches Klopp wants to try I'm not I'm not against it at this point in the season I just just go nuts try and figure this stuff out and do what you need to do so I'm not going to get too critical of it um but yeah, I mean, I've been, I've kind of been left with a few times this season saying the same thing after like kind of our bigger performances. Is that I hope that's, I hope that's something that we use to push on and kick on with. 
And let's hope that's some kind of performance that we use to move forward and use it as a kind of example of how to move forward. But it's not really transpired that way. It kind of seems we'll, we'll deliver something like that, follow it up with something not a bit more underwhelming. And But yeah, it's all I kind of really can say about it. It's just that I hope that we do take something from it and we can take that forward, string a few results together and we can kind of at least close out what's been a bit of a horror show of the season in some something that resembles somewhat positive note. And uh, yeah, and uh, as far as a man of the match... Canate uh, has to be Canate for me. I like it. Just just for that challenge alone, I think I'll give it to him. Yeah, he's incredible, absolutely incredible. Uh, for me, yeah, it's, it keeps it. This season has been a season of false starts and false storms. It's just, I think mathematically, I don't, I, I, I think we're out of fourth now, so I'd rather stay where we are because I just do not mm. want to go play football. I'm just going to be honest with you. I just think just ride out the season, get it over and done with. Everyone, accept your shortcomings and everything have a massive reset overhaul whatever you need to do and go again next season that's where I am I'm just writing the season off completely Kate I'll come to you take away from the game take away for anything Liverpool related as well if you want to and your man of the match and Canate is my man of the match as well by the way because I thought he was incredible all I can do is just uh, second what Thomas said there. I think every point he said was uh, spot on as far as what I'm also feeling as well so I think he's, he's, he's put that forward really well. Um, and I will back him up on all those points, including the Konate man on the magical, because, um, I, you know, usually I would try and find somebody else. I just find that kind of performance is so, dare I say, galvanizing. <laughs> you know, even if it's just for this game, it's, yeah. it's, it's really good to see. I, you, you love that, that somebody by themselves can do that. Uh, for their teammates and and just lead on the pitch in that way, and I loved it. Uh, it has to be, it has to be him, yeah. And I think the, o- the only thing, the only point I wanted to make uh, that I didn't get to make is, you know, with the Robo shot um, that, that came very close. It it almost feels like every single time Robo takes a shot, like if you if you were close to him and you listened very carefully, you as he hits the ball, and like at the moment his foot hits the ball, it's almost like you could hear him going, Inshallah! <laughs> anyway, the day I've never been less confident in anything. I just, I might as well, I just, I, I look away every time he just, if he has a shot and go, I just, I look away before it even hits it, I think, because it's just a point. <laughs> just save yourself. Yeah. And the day he scores is a sign of the end of times. Like, that's, yeah, you just, I'm, I'm with Tom, I'm just like looking at him thinking, no. Don't, Do you remember when don't. we had a discussion about like, oh, one day Matip is going to go on a mad run and then put in the top corner and then yeah. stuff like that. It's and then that happened. And, and I just don't think Robo's got it in him. <laughs> every time he hits it. It's just like, it's just so hits and hope. is that it, it goes away with his head in his hands. Like, oh, so close. No, <laughs> I don't know, man. But, uh, you know, I, I love you for trying. <laughs> yeah. I guess one positive is now that Luis Diaz will be back and available for the next game. I think Cops confirmed. Oh, wow, right. Good Another stuff. And uh, fun fact, it was against Arsenal where he got injured as well, so it'll be good to have him ah. back now. Yeah, it was, yeah, Arsenal. Um, I think it was uh, Thomas Partey who took him out, the horrible piece of work. But yes, yep, so um, it, it would be great to have him back because, again, he's an absolute... Um, uh, fun footballer to watch but guys that is the end of the Nina Kaza show thank you so much for sticking with us thank you to 
Kay and um, Kevin and Havinda for calling in. A massive thank you to Kay and Tom for joining me on this episode. Um, it's been great. Before I let them go, I'll get some plugs. Tom, I'll come to you. Where can people find you on social media? And is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, just on the, the Twitterverse, Tom on the cop. And um, nothing else to plug unless I sign up for one of these moving forward, one of the upcoming games, hopefully. Other than that, yeah, keep an eye out. Do give Tom a follow and hopefully we will be hearing more from him on, on Anfield Index and certainly on the Nina Carver show. We love having him on. Yep. Thank you so much, Tom. And Kay, what about yourself? Where can people find you on social media? And is there anything you'd like to plug? Well, I am on the Discord, the AI Discord, although um, I tend to lurk and read and not actually, <laughs> not actually participate in that one. Uh, my my recently more dreary comments can be found on Twitter. I'm at the underscore kiln. That's K Y L N. Uh, you can find me there. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm happy to have discussions with anybody as long as you can back your points up. Um, and and yeah, you can find me there. We can have a good chat. But uh, yeah, nothing to plug uh, apart from that for me, Nint. Wonderful stuff. Do give K a follow as well on social media, and hopefully we hopefully should be able to hear him more on on the platform on Anfield Index guys um thank you so much for listening I'll be back post elite I believe yeah um so yeah hopefully um the Reds can get can take something from this and build on it but till next time take care and up the Reds we hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index, and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.